Today is the 20th day of December. Welcome to the Daily Audio Bible. I am Brian. It is wonderful to be here with you today as our journey continues forward, step by step, day by day, in the final days of this year. And uh, we're kind of on a, a trend right now as we move through the, the minor prophets in the Old Testament where we absorb an entire book in a day. Now, it won't happen every single day for the rest of the year, but it will happen today. We have arrived at the 10th of 12 books of prophecy known as the Minor Prophets. And today we will read the prophet Haggai. And like a lot of the other Minor Prophets, there's not a lot to give us like who, who Haggai was, what he did. We know that Haggai was... It was among those who had returned from the Babylonian exile and were living in Jerusalem. And he was probably one of the first wave of exiles to be, be able to return back to Jerusalem. And we also know that from the writing here, he had access to those in power because he indicates that his message was delivered to Zerubbabel, the governor of Judah. And we might remember that name because we learned of Zerubbabel when we read through the book of the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. And he also delivered this message to Yeshua, the high priest, so he had access. And the message is largely motivational, but we have to look at a timeline to understand why. Babylon conquered Jerusalem, and we read all about that as we've been going through the scriptures this year, and led her people into exile, and that happened at 586 B.C., Babylon then was conquered by the Persian Empire in 539 BC, and it was the Persian king Cyrus that allowed the first of the exiles to go back to Jerusalem under Zerubbabel's leadership around 538 BC. Haggai's message, the one we're about to read, comes 18 years later in 520 BC. In fact, these prophecies in the book of Haggai are some of the most precisely dated utterances that we know in the Bible because the dates are contained in the book. August 29th through December 18th, 520 BC. So during the 18 years uh, from the time that the exiles were first allowed to return until the time that Haggai pronounces this prophecy, the temple remained incomplete. The different oppositions, political and Regional and the intimidation of the surrounding nations had stalled all of the efforts for the temple. And the people had built their own fortifications and rebuilt their own homes and rebuilt their own lives without concern for the temple as the centerpiece of who they were. And the prophet Haggai voices God's displeasure. Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? And so God tells the people that since their return, they've been toiling and all their attempts to rebuild have been thwarted and their crops haven't yielded the bounty that they had planned for because the people had become self-absorbed and left God's temple neglected. They needed to completely change their priorities and put God first. God had plans. And so from Haggai, we understand that construction began on September 21st. And less than a month later, on October 17th, God spoke again to the people. God wanted to restore the temple. It was the central part of their covenantal life in the community of the chosen people. But God had specific plans for the work. And he wanted 
the work done, the temple restored, no more delay. And so what we'll see as we read through this is that God's people had spent their energy trying to make life work on their own. That sounds like God's people today, right? That sounds like us. But what the people learned was that their efforts yielded far less than they were expecting because they put themselves first, ignoring God. When God's plan had been to consolidate the prosperity of the other nations and bring it flooding into the temple to supply God's people. So in other words, and this is the lesson, man, this is the lesson for us. If they had put God first, their toil would have yielded what they expected and been more fruitful. That is, that's something each of us can take on board as a lesson for life. And so let's read the book of Haggai. On the first day of the sixth month of King Darius' second year, the Lord's message came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to the high priest Joshua, son of Jehozadak. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies has said. These people have said, The time for rebuilding the Lord's temple has not yet come. The Lord's message came through the prophet Haggai as follows. Is it right for you to live in richly paneled houses while my temple is in ruins? Here then, this is what the Lord of Heaven's armies has said. Think carefully about what you are doing. You have planted much but have harvested little. You eat but are never filled. You drink but are still thirsty. You put on clothes but are not warm. Those who earn wages end up with holes in their money bags. Moreover, this is what the Lord of Heaven's armies has said. Pay close attention to these things also. Go up to the hill country and bring back timber to build the temple. Then I will be pleased and honored, says the Lord. You expected a large harvest, but instead there was little. And when you would bring it home, I would blow it right away. Why? asks the Lord of Heaven's armies. Because my temple remains in ruins thanks to each of you favoring his own house. This is why the sky has held back its dew and the earth its produce. Moreover, I have called for a drought that will affect the fields, the hill country, the grain, new wine, fresh olive oil, and everything that grows from the ground. It also will harm people, animals, and everything they produce. Then Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and the high priest Joshua, son of Jehozadak, along with the whole remnant of the people, obeyed the Lord their God. They responded favorably to the message of the prophet Haggai, who spoke just as the Lord their God had instructed him. And the people began to respect the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, spoke the Lord's announcement to the people. I am with you, decrees the Lord. So the Lord energized and encouraged Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, the high priest Joshua, son of Jehozadak, and the whole remnant of the people. They came and worked on the temple of their God, the Lord of Heaven's armies. This took place on the 24th day of the sixth month of King Darius's second year. On the 21st day of the seventh month, the Lord's message came through the prophet Haggai again. Ask the following questions to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, 
the high priest Joshua, son of Jehozadak, and the remnant of the people. Who among you survivors saw the former splendor of this temple? How does it look to you now? Isn't it nothing by comparison? Even so, take heart, Zerubbabel, decrees the Lord. Take heart, Joshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. And take heart, all you citizens of the land, decrees the Lord, and begin to work. For I am with you, decrees the Lord of heaven's armies. Do not fear, because I made a promise to your ancestors when they left Egypt, and my spirit even now testifies to you. Moreover, this is what the Lord of Heaven's armies has said. In just a little while, I will once again shake the sky and the earth, the sea and the dry ground. I will also shake up all the nations, and they will offer their treasures. Then I will fill this temple with glory. So the Lord of Heaven's armies has said, The silver and gold will be mine, decrees the Lord of Heaven's armies. The future splendor of this temple will be greater than that of former times. The Lord of Heaven's armies has declared, And in this place I will give peace, decrees the Lord of Heaven's armies. On the twenty-fourth day of the ninth month of Darius's second year, the Lord's message came to the prophet Haggai. This is what the Lord of Heaven's armies has said. Ask the priests about the law. If someone carries holy meat in a fold of his garment and that fold touches bread, a boiled dish, wine, olive oil, or any other food, will that item become holy? The priests answered, It will not. Then Haggai asked, If a person who is ritually unclean because of touching a dead body comes in contact with one of these items, Will it become unclean? The priests answered, It will be unclean. Then Haggai responded, The people of this nation are unclean in my sight, decrees the Lord, and so is all their effort. Everything they offer is also unclean. Now, therefore, reflect carefully on the recent past. Before one stone was laid on another in the Lord's temple, from that time, when one came expecting a heap of twenty measures, there were only ten. When one came to the wine vat to draw out fifty measures from it, there were only twenty. I struck all the products of your labor with blight, disease, and hail, and yet you brought nothing to me, says the Lord. Think carefully about the past, from today, the twenty-fourth day of the ninth month, to the day work on the temple of the Lord was resumed. Think about it. The seed is still in the storehouse, isn't it? And the vine, fig tree, pomegranate, and olive tree have not produced. Nevertheless, from today on, I will bless you. Then the Lord spoke to Haggai a second time on the twenty-fourth day of the month. Tell Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, I am ready to shake the sky and the earth. I will overthrow royal thrones and shatter the might of earthly kingdoms. I will overthrow chariots and those who ride them, and horses and their riders will fall as people kill one another. On that day, says the Lord of Heaven's armies, I will take you, Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, my servant, says the Lord, and I will make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. Revelation 11. 
Then a measuring rod like a staff was given to me and I was told, get up and measure the temple of God and the altar and the ones who worship there, but do not measure the outer courtyard of the temple. Leave it out because it has been given to the Gentiles and they will trample on the holy city for 42 months. And I will grant my two witnesses authority to prophesy for 1,260 days dressed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. If anyone wants to harm them, fire comes out of their mouths and completely consumes their enemies. If anyone wants to harm them, they must be killed this way. These two have the power to close up the sky so that it does not rain during the time they are prophesying. They have power to turn the waters to blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague whenever they want. When they have completed their testimony, the beast that comes up from the abyss will make war on them and conquer them and kill them. Their corpses will lie in the street of the great city that is symbolically called Sodom in Egypt, where their Lord was also crucified. For three and a half days, those from every people, tribe, nation, and language will look at their corpses because they will not permit them to be placed in a tomb. And those who live on the earth will rejoice over them and celebrate, even sending gifts to each other, because these two prophets had tormented those who live on the earth. But after three and a half days, a breath of life from God entered them, and they stood on their feet, and tremendous fear seized those who were watching them. Then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, Come up here. So the two prophets went up to heaven in a cloud while their enemies stared at them. Just then a major earthquake took place, and a tenth of the city collapsed. Seven thousand people were killed in the earthquake, and the rest were terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe has come and gone. The third is coming quickly. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. Then the twenty-four elders who are seated on their thrones before God threw themselves down with their faces to the ground and worshipped God with these words, We give you thanks, Lord God, the all-powerful, the one who is and who was, because you have taken your great power and begun to reign. The nations were enraged, but your wrath has come, and the time has come for the dead to be judged, and the time has come to give to your servants, the prophets, their reward, as well as to the saints and to those who revere your name, both small and great. And the time has come to destroy those who destroy the earth. And the temple of God in heaven was opened, and the ark of his covenant was visible within his temple. And there were flashes of lightning, roaring, crashes of thunder, an earthquake, and a great hailstorm. Psalm 139 For the music director, a Psalm of David O Lord, you examine me and know me. You know when I sit down and when I get up. Even from far away you understand my motives. 
You carefully observe me when I travel or when I lie down to rest. You are aware of everything I do. Certainly my tongue does not frame a word without you, O Lord, being thoroughly aware of it. You squeeze me in from behind and in front. You place your hand on me. Your knowledge is beyond my comprehension. It is so far beyond me I am unable to fathom it. Where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I flee to escape your presence? If I were to ascend to heaven, you would be there. If I were to sprawl out in Sheol, you would be there. If I were to fly away on the wings of the dawn and settle down on the other side of the sea, even there, your hand would guide me. Your right hand would grab hold of me. If I were to say, certainly the darkness will cover me and the light will turn to night all around me, even the darkness is not too dark for you to see and the night is as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. Certainly you made my mind and heart. You wove me together in my mother's womb. I will give you thanks because your deeds are awesome and amazing. You knew me thoroughly. My bones were not hidden from you. When I was made in secret and sewed together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw me when I was inside the womb. All the days ordained for me were recorded in your scroll before one of them came into existence. How difficult it is for me to fathom your thoughts about me, O God. How vast is their sum total. If I tried to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. Even if I finished counting them, I would still have to contend with you. If only you would kill the wicked, O God. Get away from me, you violent men. They rebel against you and act deceitfully. Your enemies lie. O Lord, do I not hate those who hate you and despise those who oppose you? I absolutely hate them. They have become my enemies. Examine me, O God, and probe my thoughts. Test me and know my concerns. See if there is any idolatrous way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. Proverbs 30, 15, and 16 The leech has two daughters. Give, give. There are three things that will never be satisfied, four that have never said enough. The grave, the barren womb, earth has not been satisfied with water, and fire has never said enough. Father, we thank you for your word and this rapid movement of the year and through the Bible and through the book of Haggai today. And we think today of what we read in Psalm 139, that there is nowhere we can flee from your presence. Wherever we go, you are there. And so we recognize that, acknowledge that, Open our hearts to that. Your presence is here now. Your presence will accompany us wherever we go. We can ignore that. We do it all the time. We wander places that we should never go all the time and wander away from you. But you will not remove your presence from us. And so we humble ourselves before you and ask for your leadership. 
Come Holy Spirit, lead us into all truth. We ask in the name of Jesus. Amen. DailyAudioBible.com That's home base. It's the website. It's where you can find out what's going on around here. We still have the, uh, the vinyl albums that we brought out for Christmas this year, all in support of the new infrastructure and new application that's coming next year. Uh, so those are all available. You can find them at dailyaudiobible.com or in the Daily Audio Bible app. Just look for the shop. Look for the Christmas section and you will find them there. And thank you for all of those of you who have participated. Thank you kindly. If you want to partner with the Daily Audio Bible in these final days of this year, then thank you deeply, humbly. There is a link on the homepage at dailyaudiobible.com. If you're using the app, you can press the Give button in the upper right-hand corner. Or the mailing address is P.O. Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. And as always, if you have a prayer request or encouragement, you can hit the hotline button in the app. That's the little red button up at the top. Or you can dial 877-942-4253. And that's it for today. I'm Brian. I love you. And I'll be waiting for you here tomorrow. Trajan, this is God's Life Speaker. I heard you on the community prayers and you said you've called in three times, but you haven't heard your voice. Oh, how I wish we could communicate that you have got to listen to community prayers. <laughs> People get so prayed for there. Um, Trajan, you you have given your life to Christ. You, you read a poem for us. You are dealing with hatred. You don't want to go back to that lifestyle. Uh, you want to love the Lord. The only thing you want to hate is the devil himself. Um, and your heart came through your words, through that, that song, that poem that you wrote and read. You, you read it with such passion. Um, Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this young man uh, that has changed his mind and changed his course, Lord, but he is crying out for just the peace in his mind. May his mind stay on you and may you give him the peace that surpasses all understanding and a mind that stays on you is a mind at peace, Lord, and you tell us to keep our minds on things above and I pray this over Trajan. I pray that he would burst forth with this song, with this uh, rap that he would speak to people and that he would be inundated with Christian friends, that they would just surround him, be able to lift him up, show him the way that he would have uh, friends that would walk with him beside him. And Holy Spirit, you are the number one friend that you would speak to him in his mind, that you would draw him near and say this way and that he would follow you. Um, he is eager, he's hungry. Give him the sweetness, show him the way to go. He wants to follow the truth of life, and uh, we know that that's you, and he has confessed it, Lord. I pray that you would give him favor. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hello, my name is Margita. I'm from Australia. This is my first time calling, but I have been listening since 2009. But this morning, I'm calling because I need everyone to pray 
for my son Lucas. My son has been in an accident at work this morning and he was hit with high pressure caustic in his face and eyes. And right now all I know is that he is blind and they are t flying him to a hospital. So I'm asking, would you please pray for my son Lucas that his sight would be restored? Thank you. This call is for Trajan in Massachusetts. I normally do not listen to the uh, the weekend community prayers because they're pretty long, but um, I felt led to listen to this one. And I, I say, for some reason, I felt led. I know that reason, that was the Holy Spirit. And uh, your prayer, your call really resonated with me, Trajan. And um, I'd like to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for uh, saving Trajan from the darkness that surrounds him there, from the, the hatred. Um, and Lord, I pray for your deliverance for him. Surround him with spiritual brothers and sisters that can he can lean on. Um, and this community too, Lord, help him to realize that this community loves him and that there are people uh, praying for him around the world, whether or not he hears that prayer, his prayer request. Um, so, Lord, just connect him with those people. Um, teach him how to connect with you on a daily basis, to spend time with you, to praise your name, and um, help him to be a light, um, a strong light in his community. I'm praying for you, brother. This is Greg from Pennsylvania. Thanks. Hi, everyone. It's Christy in Kentucky. I wanted to call today to pray for some of our brothers and sisters. Lord, we praise you and we love you, Father God, and you have heard the petitions of your children, Lord, laid at your feet. So we come beside them, Jesus, and we pray for our brothers and sisters who love you so very much. Father, today I lift up Chris to you, Lord. He had a horrible battle with COVID, which has left him with MS. And Lord, the desires of his heart is to be healed so that he can spend time, quality time with his children, doing all the things that he had planned to do with them, Father. And we're asking that you hear his pleas, Father, for healing. Lord Jesus, your hand is not too short to do any miracle. And so, Father, we are asking for that for Chris today. Father, we are also praying for Jeremy. Lord Jesus, Kelly's friend has received a horrible diagnosis of cancer, which has spread throughout his body. Lord, you know this man, Father, and I know, Lord Jesus, we all know, Father God, that you love your children, and we pray, Father God, that your will for him is to live. And so, Father, we are asking that you place your hands upon him. Father, touch his body, Lord Jesus. Remove this cancer, Father. You're a miracle-working God, Lord, and we love you. We've seen it before, and so now we're asking for a miracle for Jeremy. Lord, we love you so very much. We praise you, and we honor you, and we thank you for this privilege to come before your throne. In your heavenly name we pray, amen. All right, everyone, I pray that each of you have a most blessed and lovely day. Merry Christmas.